Chapter 8, The Figure at the Window The Aldens ran upstairs to a room with windows that overlooked the front lawn. This is where we found the old paper, Benny said. And now it's gone, Violet added. Henry went over to the windows. Roscoe was standing by the empty goldfish pond. He glanced around as if waiting for someone. I wonder who he's waiting for, Henry said. Jesse and the others joined Henry, pulling the dusty draperies back so they could see. Then an older man joined Roscoe. It was Tate. Violet watched the two men. They seemed awfully happy. Tate did say Roscoe came here a lot when he was a kid, Henry said. I guess they're still good friends. But how can Tate be laughing when he's about to lose his home? Where will he go? Jessie wasn't listening. From here, she had a good view of the smokehouse. A light shone in the single window. Look, she cried. A small figure passed in front of the window. Who was it? Someone's in the smokehouse, Violet said. Whoever it is, Tate doesn't want anyone to know, Jessie said, remembering the times Tate had scolded them. He was busy with Roscoe, Henry pointed out. We could go out the back way, and he'd never see us. We can find out who Tate's mysterious guest is. Benny was already heading for the door. Let's go. The back staircase came out by the kitchen. As the children tiptoed past the hallway, they glimpsed Cousin Althea sitting alone in the living room. Violet felt sorry for her. If only Grandfather could come back with good news. The lawn was damp with dew. Violet's sneakers were soaked by the time they reached the smokehouse. Above the piney woods, a round moon was rising. It was an evening for surprises, she thought. Benny peered into the peacock pen. Both birds were roosting on the roof of the little house. At least the peacock's cry wouldn't give them away. He took the lead as they crept single file around the corner of the smokehouse. The front door was open. Benny was ready to charge in when Henry pulled him back. Let me go first, Henry whispered. I'll make sure it's safe. Cautiously, he stuck his head inside the door. Might as well come in, a young voice said. Violet knew that voice. David, she explained, rushing past Henry and inside the little building. David sat on an old chair at a table. He'd been reading a book, and he wore a pair of jeans with a hole in one knee. Mom's out, she, he said quietly. She's picking flowers to finish an order. Violet gazed around the small room. Bunches of dried herbs and flowers hung from the wooden ceiling beams. Fresh flowers stood in buckets and canning jars of water. An herb wreath lay on the front on the large table. Dishes stacked in the tiny sink and a basket of folded laundry were the final clues. You and your mother live here, she declared. You're the secret Tate's been keeping from us? David sighed. That's right. He indicated a worn-out sofa and another old chair. I knew you four wouldn't give up till you found out the truth. Sit down, everyone. When the Aldens made themselves comfortable, David began his story. Mom and I lost our lease back last fall. The lease on our apartment, he explained. Our landlord raised the rent, and Mom couldn't pay it, so we had to leave. But we didn't have any place to go. Jessie felt a pang of sympathy. We know what you mean. When our parents died, we didn't have a home either. So we moved into an old box car, Henry said. And that's where we lived till Grandfather found us and took us to live with him. I wish I had a grandfather like yours, David said wistfully, but it's just mom and me. Most of the time we get along pretty good, but this past winter, he stopped. Violet thought David looked as if he was going to cry. How did you meet Tate? She asked gently. He was driving along the highway and he saw us walking. He stopped to give us a ride and we found out that we didn't have any place to live. He said we were coming home with him and he wouldn't take no for an answer. David smiled at the memory. 
Tate can be pretty bossy sometimes. We didn't. Why didn't he tell Cousin Athea? Henry wanted to know. Why is he keeping you and your mother a secret? Tate was going to tell Mrs. Randolph, but then Mrs. Randolph got that tax letter and Tate thought she'd had enough to worry about, so he never told us, told her about us. Were you going to live here forever, Benny asked. He liked the smokehouse. It was small and neat, like their boxcar. David shook his head. Mom opened the herb stand on the highway. She was saving money to get us an apartment in town, but then the county made her shut her stand down. I don't know what's going to happen now. The children were silent for a moment. Jessie absently pulled the scrap of denim from the pocket of her skirt. What's that? David asked. Jessie flushed. It's a piece of material. We saw your jeans hanging on the clothesline and wondered if the material came from your pants. As if to answer her question, David got up and opened a bureau drawer. He pulled out two pairs of denim pants, both with holes in the knees. These belong to my mom. She can't afford to buy us new clothes. Jessie felt worse than ever. I'm sorry, I didn't mean... We weren't being nosy, Henry put in. We found the material on the ledge beneath the girl's bedroom window. Somebody tried to break in the first night we got here. He or she tore their pants getting away. David's eyes widened. You don't think I did it or my mother? No, no, of course not, Violet said quickly. But that was before we knew you and Heather lived here in the smokehouse. Jessie stuffed the scrap back in her pocket. We keep finding clues, but they lead nowhere. I might be able to help, David told her. You all come by here Sunday evening? That's right, Henry leaned forward with interest. How do you know about that, David? It was warm and I was out for a walk, David replied. Tate told Mom and me that Mrs. Randolph's relatives were coming, so we'd have to stay out of sight. Did you see something? Violet asked anxiously. This was the one mystery she definitely wanted solved. David shook his head. I didn't see anything, but I heard something. A car with a loud engine. Whose car was it? Asked Jessie. But Henry already knew. A certain Jeep had a powerful engine. It was Roscoe Janney, wasn't it? Only one car around here has a sound like his Jeep, David said. He must have parked it along the road instead of on the driveway so nobody would see him. He probably walked up the driveway. Henry nodded. This made sense. Roscoe is friends with Tate, so he could have easily borrowed a ladder from the gardener. But why would he break into his aunt's house? Jesse spoke up. Roscoe knew we were here. Maybe he tried to scare us away. But we don't scare that easily, Benny said. Violet explained to David that they had been involved in several mysteries. But this mystery... But this mystery is the hardest of all, she concluded. We need to find the hidden treasure to save Peacock Hill. So far, we don't even know that, much less where it is. Soon, Cousin Althea will be without a home, Jessie added, and Tate. Where will they all go? Then she realized that David and Heather wouldn't have a home either if Peacock Hall was auctioned for taxes. Now the Aldens had to help two families find a home in one day.